0: Episode seven of the Focus Factory is right here. Well, our conveyor belts running, folks. Our factory is in full production. Welcome to the Focus Factory. My name is Jeff Pickett. I'm the host and also owner and founder of Media by JP, a video production company. And we are about to get focused. When I was in college, gotta be careful with what I say here. (laughs) When I was in college, I had a passion for psychology and 25 years of Business and marketing, I think a lot of value can be derived from psychology and how the mind works and all its mysterious ways. Our heads take us into some deep, dark places sometimes, and sometimes some joyful places. But in my recent research around small businesses especially, and the need to protect your mental health, it's amazing what tricks the mind can play. 35% decrease in production. If your mind is not sharp and ready to go. So today's guest is a mental wellness counselor. Megan Spawn is her name and she's about to drop some sweet bombs on us to get her head straight. Today we are blessed. I always say ghost, Megan, uh which is a combination of guest and host. I'm not going to say that today, I, I promise. Today we are blessed with uh Megan Spawn, Megan J Spawn of Megan J Spawn Inc LLC. Megan is a relational psychology coach and corporate wellness builder. That is a long title for it a short is. person. <laughs> Right?
1: Right. All five foot two of
0: me. I was going to say three six, but five <laughs> two. Okay. Sorry about that. So um, Megan is sitting on a stack of Bibles so that she can reach the microphone. You
1: remember those JCPenney catalogs?
0: I do. Yeah. I I don't know if anybody remember. Well, Sears. Sears is like Sears. out of business, but right. J C Penny's is still with us. All right. We're getting way off topic here. Sorry about that. <laughs> So we're talking with Megan today because she has a special gift in uh, relationships and in communications. And as it relates to business, I think there is a lot of value that, that Megan brings to the table because her, her gift in listening and her gift in interpreting what people say, and maybe sometimes what we say isn't really what we meant or the way that people hear what we say, it does, it's not always taken in that same way. Uh, So where would you go with that, Megan, as far as the value of communication? What what are some things right off the bat that business owners should work on if they want to improve their communication with their coworkers?
1: Uh, Well, what comes to mind first is nonverbal communication. So when we are watching people communicate, Uh it's really important to be visually um, invested and uh, keeping that eye in contact, like I'm trying to do with you right now, but there's this big <laughs> microphone thing in my face. <laughs> um, but so that's really vital is to read what's not being said.
0: Okay. So body language. Right. Okay. Well, so that's freaking me out a little bit because I always wonder what am I saying to somebody when I don't even realize it? So what, what are some body language tips then that you could give a business owner? So he's trying to have meaningful conversation maybe with his... Uh, his or her uh, direct reports, let's say. So what would be some bad body language that you've seen that business owners especially need to be careful about?
1: Yeah, so I guess I would clarify bad with saying maybe of concern, if they look away, if they look up, if they look down, those are usually indications that they're trying to filter what they're saying or not being fully honest and forthcoming. Um, so maintaining eye contact the entire time is difficult for most people, uh, but it's something that's really important, especially as the owner, business owner or manager, director type person that they want to be able to maintain that eye contact, even if the employee is looking away or struggling with that.
0: Okay. So... For those of you who aren't watching the video portion of that, I just maintained eye contact with Megan that entire time. And it, it did freak me out a little bit.
1: Even though you smiled and laughed. I did. <laughs> Cause so, you were like a little uncomfortable with that.
0: Do, do I hear, uh, well, I guess I have heard, I shouldn't say, did I hear, I, I've heard that sometimes though, like direct eye contact can be a sign of aggression that you're trying to dominate the person a little bit is that true or not
1: so culturally there's obviously differences with eye contact so some cultures that's um, viewed as being disrespectful when you maintain eye contact gotcha Um, and so I would just encourage to clarify that ahead of time so as a manager or director type person to say you know this is an important conversation for me so I'm going to be looking at you while I'm talking. Is that okay? Mm-hmm. You know, getting permission from the other side is also, I think, an important uh, piece to that.
0: Okay. And so what would, so that's uh, all about what's going on in our head. So what, what should a, uh, what should someone perceive then? Well, I guess you said this a little bit, but maybe dig into a little bit deeper. What should someone say, or, or uh, I'm getting messed up here in my question here. What would the impression or the perception be in my head? Like if I'm talking to you, let's say that that you report to me and we're talking, but you are looking around a lot. Um, I'm not with the FBI, I'm not gonna grill you, but I'm just trying to have a basic conversation and, and you're looking away a lot. Does that, should that clue me into anything?
1: Um, so if that were me, and I was perceiving the person looking around a lot, I would just simply acknowledge that. So we call that the here and now, where we okay. would just say, Hey, hang on a second. I'm noticing that you're looking around a lot. Is this conversation okay? Are you needing something different? You know, just kind of checking in with them to okay. maintain that communication, being open.
0: Gotcha. Okay. Okay. So that's, um, <laughs> yeah, that's FBI talk a little bit there. Megan's like, Jeff's lying to me right now because he's not looking at me. He's looking at his sheet. <laughs> um, okay. So, Conflict resolution is something that we hear about a lot. So whether it's with business owners or even friends, Mm. um, spouses, partners, whatever, conflict resolution is a challenge for us. We, as business owners, we're very entrepreneurial. We want great things to happen. We're very driven. Maybe people that are around us might be just as driven, which could cause conflict, or maybe people aren't really bought into our vision. And so there's conflict there. So what are some key rules or things that we need to do to resolve conflict when it arises? Not if, cause we know it's going to happen, right? Mm-hmm. All right. So when it does occur, how do we resolve it?
1: So my belief and what I have learned in doing this for years and years is people want to feel seen and heard. And so when conflict arises, my, my understanding and belief is it's because one or both parties has not felt seen or heard. Okay. And so um, that's ultimately the goal is to arrive at that understanding. Um, and sometimes it takes a lot of clarifying to get there. And clarifying is going to, uh, again, be in those moments of, hang on a second, I feel like I just offended you. What's going on right now between you and I, you know, keeping it really present um, is how I think you resolve conflict um, more effectively than to be kind of acting like it's not happening when you when you both can feel like it is you know
0: so what you're saying is everything that we see on tv and the movies about people just lighting into each other that's probably not the best way to really mimic (laughs) life right
1: probably not no
0: okay so let's let's okay so um let's see so megan doesn't have a couch in her office but i do so let's pretend (laughs) that you have a couch in your office and i'm i'm the client and i'm trying to think of a of a typical situation okay so i have an expectation on ex-employee, and they simply aren't delivering on it. And I'm upset, mm-hmm. and uh, maybe it costs some cash. Mm-hmm. And let's be honest, a lot of businesses, if things don't go the way they're supposed to, then yeah, profits are on the line. So how do I, as a manager or as an owner, get my point across in a forceful manner that will provide change?
1: So again, I would consider that word forceful and have it perhaps be something more like assertive or confident or right. respectful.
0: I knew she was going to change. <laughs> I knew she was going to say that.
1: <laughs> See, you're reading, right? <laughs> um, so, but I think what you're saying is how would I convey that this is a really big deal? Right. Like you cost the company a bunch of money or, you know, maybe whatever that is. Um, and being able to do it in a way that still maintains a line of respect Um And especially if you want to maintain that employee, Mm -hmm. you you don't want them to quit or the intent is not to fire them or whatever. Sure. Um, So feeling like you're really getting your point across, um, it's going to require the presence of that moment. So um, taking intentional time to set aside to say, I really need to have a conversation with you. When is that going to work for you type Mm -hmm. of thing, you know, but, if you're their boss, then you can kind of tell them like, hey, right now I need to have this conversation with you, right? right. So depending on what that dynamic is. Um, and then again, maintaining that eye contact, staying really present, letting them know how it impacted you specifically. Mm-hmm. Um, and it, because sometimes the employee may not be aware of how their behavior impacted the company on a bigger, on a, in a bigger picture.
0: Sure. Go ahead. Was I going to cut you off there?
1: I was just, you know, going to complete that by saying we want to allow a voice for that other person, even though you as the manager, owner, whomever might be like, this is, Complete crap, you know, yeah, yeah. like I th- this, I shouldn't have to put up with this type of thing. Um, and again, going back to how invested are you in that employee? Does it matter to you that you're keeping them on or do you not really care? You want to discard them anyway, um, you know, but you still, in my opinion, you want to have it all go down in a diplomatic way if possible.
0: Okay. Okay. Um, so I'll, I'll go back a little bit. So I just led off with that word or that phrase conflict resolution. And so some people just hate that word conflict, or they think that any type of conversation that's uncomfortable, that must mean it's, it's conflict and thereby it's automatically uncomfortable. So how soon, so when, uh, when an employee or someone that you work with or someone that you know, when you're at odds with them or they're at odds with you, how How much of a gap maybe should you provide or is it more important to go ahead and voice your concern like like sooner or later? What what would you say about that when there's a conflict?
1: Yeah, I would always encourage sooner uh, because waiting, really the only benefit to waiting is on your end if you need a cooling off period. If you're so heated and you're so charged by whatever happened, um, you yourself can check in with yourself to go, okay, wait, I got to sit on this till tomorrow. I'm too heated right now to have this be beneficial for either of us. Mm-hmm. Um, and so then that would make sense to me. But if you're already pretty grounded and in a good, in a good space and you believe you can have a productive conversation, then you definitely want to do it sooner than later.
0: Okay. Okay. That's good to know. Maybe not at home. Uh, Well, this would apply at home, right?
1: Sure. Yeah, definitely. Could
0: be challenging.
1: Now, I would add to that in a personal setting. So in your personal life at home, uh, just simply communicating that part of it. Like, hey, I'm really heated right now. I want to have this conversation, but I'm not in a good space to do it. Mm -hmm. Uh, But I do agree to having this conversation tomorrow or next weekend or, you know, whatever. Sure so that you can communicate to your partner what your intent is because if you leave them hanging that creates even more disconnect and conflict
0: gotcha i need you a little closer to the microphone i'm okay. losing somebody there she's slipping on the chair <laughs> it's going down i'm
1: getting all comfy over here she's two
0: feet tall now <laughs> <laughs> so um one of the most common areas, and this is just kind of coming from me, but I would, I would guess maybe this would be true for you as well. When we encounter physical health issues, you know, uh, scraped an arm, broken arm, whatever. It's so easy for someone to say, Oh, you should go to the clinic. You need to get that fixed. But when we ourselves are experiencing mental health issues, if you will, and, and sometimes I think that term is used in a different way, maybe than some people interpret, or maybe there's just too much of a stigma around that. Why do you think that, that mental wellness, um, health, however you phrase it, why do you think that it's a concern or that, that people will be judged? Why, why is that?
1: Yeah, the best uh, answer I guess I have for that is um, societally, we typically are more accepting of physical ailments than we are of emotional ailments. So I think especially in our um, culture here in the United States, we are taught to be um, assertive and confident and go get them and strength is um,
0: power. Yeah, exactly.
1: And so if you emotionally are struggling, which is, very normal and human. Mm -hmm. But if you're showing that, then our society somehow looks down on that. Like you're not good enough or you don't have the strength or the power. Um, And so I guess that's my answer to that is it's just perspective.
0: Okay. And so that leads into this, to, to this other perception of mine that I see that's all too common in the business world, especially I think with, with the newer startup type businesses or people who are the entrepreneurs Is you're going through these, these very real challenges and you're, you're struggling at times. And then your confidence is impacted. And then before you know it, you know, there's any variety of reasons why some businesses go belly up, but I think the difference between some is because their confidence is not where it should be. So what would be. Um, 50 or 60 things that you could tell us about (laughs) confidence that, um, that we, we need to remember that would make us maybe more present, uh, in our relationships and, and our dealings. And that would remind us that, Hey, we're valuable. We have something valuable to come to the marketplace. So anyway, you know, the whole thing is just around confidence. So Mm -hmm. what would you say about that?
1: Yeah, so I'm really glad you asked that because this has been something that I've learned for myself throughout the last several years. But it really comes down to personal responsibility. So you taking ownership over your role in things. I think sometimes our confidence um, tends to waver when we want to project it onto, well, so-and-so didn't do this. So then that's why the business failed or so-and-so pissed me off when they did this or that. So that's why this happened. Um, And when you can really take ownership and be personally responsible for your role and how you live and how you don't live and what you do and what you don't do, um, that can really generate your level of stability within yourself instead of projecting that and making it be someone else's fault.
0: Okay, so let's let's play this out. So let's say I... Let's say I'm six months to a year into my business and my sales, I'm, I'm in this Valley. The sales aren't really where they, where they should be. I feel like everybody doesn't like me all of a sudden I'm having this big pity party. So how can I, what, what are some tools that I could use that would make me self accountable if you will, and, and maybe bring me out of my slump and be more confident.
1: Yeah, so again, I would just go with what is it that's missing that you wish was different? What's your role in that? How how much control or influence do you have okay. over that? Um, identify those things literally out loud or on paper rather than just thinking them. Mm-hmm. Uh, having it tangibly evident in front of you and walking through it. So, okay, I want this to be different. I'm six months in and this isn't quite how I wanted it to be. Um, so what do you want different and how are you going to get there? Sure. And then also identifying your support system because we are not an island on our own. Mm. You have not created something that hasn't probably been done before somewhere, Mm -hmm, you know, like, mm -hmm. um, every business typically has some kind of mentorship that they can look back to, to have some guidance from, you don't have to be doing it 100% by yourself. Um, and so finding those support systems and, um, and then personally in your personal journey as well, because um, every business owner is going to have relationships outside of their business. That's mm-hmm. pretty human. And making sure that those things are all in alignment too.
0: And now here's a quick word from one of our sponsors. That business card that grandpa used to use back in the ages served its purposes, but it's modern times, folks. Wouldn't you rather convey who you are and what you are and why you are with a video business card? If you'd like to find out more information, visit our website, mediabyjp.com, today. I like the island piece because I think that that's a pretty common place for for certain businesses, uh, especially if you're uh, in front of a computer and, and maybe during the beginning you're, you're at home and you're just home officing or remote officing and you're by yourself a lot. So then when you go through these struggles, you're thinking this this can only be happening to me. There's no way that, that everybody else feels like a loser like I do. Mm-hmm. And then the struggle to reach out to people and to bear your soul, even with friends, is probably a big challenge. And uh, And I think that's probably where confidence can start to really waver. And then to reach out to someone like you, an outside person, and to trust that I'm going to tell you this stuff and you're not going to judge me somehow, that's Mm. probably another fear that comes up, right?
1: Oh, sure, yeah. Very common.
0: So uh, that's good advice, though. I think the accountability to yourself and what what do you have in your power excuse me—that that that you can actually change. So uh, as far as sales go, so let's pretend. uh, I can't, hey, Megan, I'm having a problem. My sales aren't really where they're at. Uh, what should I do? It's really rattling my confidence. What should I do?
1: Mm -hmm. And that then takes me into goal setting. So what did you have pictured in your mind at the six month period? Mm -hmm. You haven't met that goal. And so um, do we need to create a different goal? Do we need to create something more tangible now that you know a little bit more, what is more realistic based on, Having done this now for six months, you know, sometimes you got to change up what you originally envisioned. Sure, um, and be just more realistic about it, and um, reinvesting in the process. So, hey, am I going to bail on this? I decided now that I'm six months in, I don't want to do this anymore. It's more than I thought I was getting myself into. So I'm going to dump it and move on to something else. Or are you going to reinvest and have some new energy and new movement and new direction? Um, And that in and of itself can sometimes just catapult us to our next phase of that process.
0: But it needs to be action oriented is what I'm hearing you say, right?
1: Absolutely. Yeah. It can't just be a thought. It has yeah. to be a, you know, a goal and something that you tangibly can map out as to how you're going to achieve it.
0: And I may have mentioned this, but uh, Paul Xavier that was with us a few episodes ago, one of yeah. my mentors, I was having a bad day. I contacted him and he said, the best thing that you can do right now is take massive action. Mm-hmm. If you sit back and feel sorry for yourself you're just going to go down that rabbit hole and it's not going to be good. So instead, flip that around, take some massive action and and further yourself or maybe get yourself out of that slump a little bit. And it, and it worked, right? At, at least then it did.
1: Yeah, exactly.
0: All right. So let's see, we are looking at some more questions for uh, Megan. And so I think one of these uh, kind of going back, sorry. Sorry, folks, for going back and forth in some of these questions. But one thing that's unique that Megan was talking about is um, she has a uh, a pretty cool office, but she has elephants all over mm-hmm. her office. And for a small person, but <laughs> elephants in your room, well, whats tell us about that. Why, why why is
1: elephants a theme for you? Yeah, so uh, way back to when I first got out of graduate school, um, I'd heard that phrase before, the elephant in the room, and I remember thinking that that held some significance especially in talking with people in relationships because a lot of times uh there are some significant things going on for people but they want to act like it's not there mm-hmm. so the elephant in the room was just that metaphor of like oh wait a second so so-and-so's an alcoholic but we're all pretending that they're not you know like okay i get this dynamic so i um was walking through the mall one day way back in, I don't know, the early 90s and saw this huge elephant print that was for sale in this art shop. And I just thought it was so cool. And so, um, you know, I made payments on it until I could afford to buy it. And so that's always been hanging in my office. But throughout the years, then clients have given me little elephant trinkets and little elephant things because they thought that I just loved elephants. But actually it was because of the metaphor I have since found myself liking elephants <laughs> <laughs> because so many of my clients have thought of me when they're out traveling and stuff and brought little things back to me. So that's been cool.
0: So do you go to the zoo a lot with your kids then?
1: You know, I used to when they were younger. They're, <laughs> the twins are eight now, so they still like the zoo, but it's not as fun as it once was when they were a little younger. But
0: Gotcha. Well, instead of a puppy, maybe you could get them an elephant right? for their yeah. birthday? <laughs> <laughs> That'll be great, and then we'll
1: let it live in your backyard,
0: <laughs> as long as you pick up the poop, right? <laughs> which could uh, that could be pretty heavy for an elephant.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: So, um, so we're going to go off script here. I always have questions prepared for folks that I come <laughs> on, but I want to go off script a little bit and talk about one thing that we see that's discussed over and over and over and over and over in the media, and that would be the generational differences. Right. We've got the baby boomers and the Gen X and the millennials and whatever else we got out there. How do different generations deal best with folks of different generations? How do we how do we deal with that? And and is it even possible without coming out a loser somehow, some way?
1: Hmm. Yeah. So that reminds me of like when I might have a baby boomer, um, you know, 60, 70 year old person Mm -hmm. wanting to connect with their, let's say their adolescent grandson and um, helping them understand that it's really important to communicate using their method. So, that might mean that the grandparent needs to learn how to use texting or needs to learn what uh, Snapchat is, you know. So, um, and if the grandparent is open to that, then that can be super cool and connecting for those relationships. And then vice versa, Um, teaching children that sometimes grandma just wants a letter in the mail, like right on this piece of paper and we're going to put a stamp on it. We're actually going to snail mail it physically to their address. (laughs) And, uh, you know, a lot of times those different generations are like, what? This really happens. People do this. Like it's weird. Right.
0: I'm not going to lick that stamp. (laughs) Gross.
1: (laughs) Right. And so, and thankfully stamps now are all stickers. So I don't think you have to lick any of them anymore. (laughs) Um, but yeah, so just kind of teaching what, is the method of communication that's most comfortable for mm. those different generations? I think is important.
0: Okay. Yeah, that's I, it's a, that's a challenge. I think with some people, we we are stuck in our ways, and we want people to communicate at our level.
1: Sure. Yeah.
0: So then to have to learn how to communicate with people at a at a different level, that's uh, that it that takes us out of the comfort zone for sure.
1: Yeah. And again, it's not a have to, but it's a choose to if you want that connection, mm-hmm. you know. So sometimes people will say, well, yeah, I could do that, but it seems like a lot of work or I don't really want to go outside of what's normal for me. So eh, I'm not going to do that. And then that's OK. But then just know that you may not achieve the level of connection that you're wanting, um, because it definitely takes some give mm-hmm. on both sides.
0: Yeah, that's good. That's good. OK, so going back to the resolution and the conflict, how do, how do business owners? So again, whether this is talking to a coworker, someone of a different generation, how does a business owner who's gone through, let's say, you know, typical day may be stressful and they've gone through some conflict and how, how, what is it? What are some tools that you would recommend that people could use to kind of compartmentalize? or is that even the best thing to do? I guess. So when you go from work to home and, you know, your family needs you, your kids need you, your partner needs you, what, what are the recommended steps in being present versus worrying about that work? Or should you worry about that work a little bit?
1: Mm. So I think what you're asking is when you leave the work stress and you're transitioning to your personal life, Mm -hmm. is that what you mean? Yes. Um, so I guess it would be more about making a decision as to where you leave what. You know, some people bring work home. Yeah. Some people want to leave work at work intentionally. Sure. So uh, changing the hat, so to speak, as you're transitioning from one spot to the other. Mm-hmm. If you work from home, that's a little bit of more of a, of a challenge right, where right. Uh, you may physically have to go from downstairs to upstairs or something like that and really be mindful of transitioning. Mm-hmm. But most people have a different location where they work versus where they live. Um, well, a lot of people, I guess do. Sure. Um, and so that would give you some time to transition your thoughts into, okay, now I'm going to this next. Um, and then again, really being focused on intention and presence. So um, is it okay to bring work stuff home or not based on those relationships that you're about to encounter in your Mm -hmm. personal life? Mm -hmm. You kind of already know like, oh, okay, is this something I can share with my partner or my spouse or is this an off limits topic? You know, you should probably already be aware of those things um, if you're in a relationship.
0: Right, okay.
1: And then just being mindful of that. Where can I dump this? Sometimes I can only dump it with my buddy Jeff down the street. You know, I right. can only do it there. So I maybe I'm going to make a phone call as I'm driving and get some of this out before I get home because I know my wife hates it when I come home and I've got all this that I want to vent about or whatever. Sure, sure. So finding, again, your support system, knowing where it's okay to go with what. Um, and just being really mindful of that and tuned in to who you are and what you need and when you need it and where you get it from.
0: Okay. So what is, uh, so going into the kind of the corporate wellness or the, the back, you know, with our audience being mostly business owners, what is one thing? So we always, you know, our focus factory, we always like to find one thing that we can focus on for the week based on your experience. uh, How many years experience again in this space? Mm -hmm.
1: 22,
0: 23. So you kind of know what you're doing, right?
1: But uh, hey, I only look 22. <laughs> yeah, that's right. There you go.
0: So, and I'm not denying that, by the way, folks. I'm not denying that. That's not a nervous laugh. And I, I did not maintain eye contact when I said that either. But no, Megan looks, uh, yeah, 21. Totally oh, there 21. We go. Totally 21.
1: I did get carded the other day, by the way. Nice.
0: <laughs> nice. Don't tell us where. All
1: right.
0: <laughs> so, what. So in your years of experience, what is one thing that our audience could focus on this week that you tend to see more often than not? They're like, man, if if I had a platform for telling people that they need to get their head straight or wrapped around this idea, what would that one thing for them to focus on be this week?
1: I would say presence. And what I mean by that is when something triggers in you, like you might be standing in the high V checkout line or whatever when something triggers in you, being really present in yourself Mm -hmm. instead of projecting it outside. Because I think our tendency is to project it and then have it be out there. And out there to me feels really vulnerable because we don't have any control of out there. We only Mm -hmm. have control over in here. Sure. So being just really present And aware of what's going on for ourselves in all circumstances. If you're in traffic, that's a huge one for people is road rage or look at this jerky, (laughs) you know, um, that's really common. Sure. And, but being able to stay in yourself instead of projecting it out there, I think, so presence would be my answer to that.
0: Presence. Interesting. So it's close to focus, right? Yeah. Kind of close.
1: The peasants' factory. (laughs) (laughs)
0: Don't give ideas to the competitors (laughs) out there. They don't need it. Now, you, so we're getting to a close here, but I've got one last question. So I think you have a unique business model and how you operate as a coach. And, you know, people can come see you. And for some people, that may be a little bit of a stretch, but other people can do something different with you, correct? Oh, yeah. So tell us what you've devised here, Megan.
1: Yeah. So I, um, I'm physically located in, in Sioux Falls, South Dakota, but I meet with people all over the country, including, you know, London and Venezuela and Germany and, you know, all different places. Yeah. It's a little uh, tricky sometimes on uh, the time change difference. Cause I might be meeting with somebody at midnight and it's like 6 PM their time or whatever. Sure. Uh, but I really, really enjoy the flexibility with being able to meet with people all over.
0: So how are you doing this?
1: Well, through my website, uh, which is www.meganspawn.com, you can click on the schedule link and you can schedule in with me. And then I use Zoom, the Zoom app to uh, do, you know, online real time, just like you and I are right now, except it's on the video screen, uh, with people wherever their location is. Interesting. That's interesting.
0: So what does that look like? Do do you, do you, how does it compare to being in person?
1: Well, it, the comparison really is, um, I, I don't physically have them in the same room with me, but everything else seems to be fairly, um, similar because, I can see them and they can see me. Mm -hmm. So I can see emotion. I can see looking away. I can see all those nonverbal things that we talked about earlier, Mm -hmm. um, which is super important to my job. I, there are times where I do calls where it's just like an actual call and I don't get to see the screen and they don't get to see me. And that's a little more challenging. It still can happen. Um, You know, sometimes the people are traveling or they need to just do a quick check in while they're somewhere that they don't have availability to, you know, doing a zoom call or whatever. Mm -hmm. Uh, But ideally, yeah, I want to be able to see them. and, uh, And I think it's important that they're able to see me. Right. Uh, visually anyway.
0: So that must be very, very convenient. And especially for the business owner or individual that travels a lot, they can basically take you wherever they're at, right? Yeah, absolutely. So that reminds me of uh, Imagine Dragons, uh, their lead singer. He stated recently that one of his best friends is his therapist. Mm. Um, And I forget all the challenges that he has, but he's in contact with this individual on an ongoing basis to help him and I think if we're all honest with ourselves, there's probably something from our childhood or something that happened last week that you need help with. And we we try to push through, but it's still in the back of our head. It it makes us do stupid stuff. I'm not talking about myself. No way. <laughs> 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 but but I think it'd be great, though, to have uh, a Megan in your back pocket that uh, you could reach out to. And I guess I think that's so cool because now with uh, with computers and the Internet and phones – um, you know, Zoom, I know, I, I believe its its uh, functionality even extends over to the iPhone or to, the, to, to smartphones. Yeah. So people can reach out to you that way as well. That's, that's a cool model. Is that something that others have?
1: You know, I'm not sure. I just kind of focus on what I do and try to do it the best I can. So.
0: See, that's that's a great that's a great response from Megan. <laughs> that's
1: <laughs> it's just the real response, not
0: non-confrontational. <laughs> so nice. <laughs> it's
1: just the truth. Okay. I I don't really pay attention to the other formats. Just you know, be just, you. Yeah, I'm just being me.
0: I I appreciate that. Well, our time with Megan has come to a close. It's been fun talking with you. Yeah, thank um, you. Your voice was so much more calming than I thought it would be. Oh, really? Yeah, I thought you'd. Uh... <laughs> well, I guess you have to be that way. That's your. No, she. Uh, uh, so I've had a few conversations with Megan on on the therapy side, and she'll she'll set you straight in a good way. And uh, it's it's kind of interesting because you see this this very nice, gentle side of her. But like, if she has to back into the corner and beach up with a metal <laughs> stick, then she's not afraid to do that either.
1: <laughs> yeah, I can be a, a confident in that realm. Today. Yeah, yeah.
0: Beach up with a metal stick. Mm-hmm. Never heard that before. Right. Just team up with that. I don't know. <laughs> All right, Megan. Well, thanks for being on the show.
1: Thank you. I really appreciate your time.
0: And we will. Uh, we will talk to you soon.
1: Sounds great. Thanks, Jeff. All right. Bye. Bye.
0: I don't know about you, but I thought that this episode with Megan was uh, was pretty powerful because there are some pretty basic mental health and wellness issues that we all face. And I'm just going to throw myself out there on the mental health wellness barbecue grill. You know, there are just days where you're not equipped to understand why People do what they do, and why your mind works the way that it does. And the, the more that we are in tune, and you know that the we're more present with ourselves, the more that we can find opportunities in the morning to journal, perhaps, or to just turn everything off. Turn off the radio. Turn off the iPhone. Turn off everything, and just be in your thoughts. I thought that that Megan's. Suggestion to do just that to be present, uh, is such a powerful tool. So that would definitely be the focal point, uh, for all of our listeners this week, between now and next Tuesday, between our next episode, be present. And understand a little bit more if you, st- if you get angry in a situation, just sit in those thoughts and ask yourself why, even if somebody did something to you, why does it make you upset and. And, and focus in on those feelings and, and how can you maybe evolve those feelings and change those around a little bit. I know Hal Elrod in, in his book, the miracle morning says that we have five minutes to get upset or that. We're owed that. And then if it's stuff that we just don't have the power to, to change ourselves, then just get on. Like it doesn't do good to focus on that negativity. So understand too from, uh, I think, from a holistic perspective, that mental health and wellness does not mean that we are any less of an individual. We all have our strengths and our talents, and sometimes a little a little short in some areas. So, just spend this week being present and understanding where you come from is so so valuable, and I think it's going to make you a better owner, a better manager, and it's going to make you more valuable to your clients when you're on your a game by understanding and by being present with your thoughts so just our, our special thanks to uh, megan for uh, for giving us that information today so if you are wanting more of this information we ask you as always to head on over to itunes or wherever you are listening to this podcast and subscribe We come out with our shows every Tuesday morning, sometimes a little bit earlier, and we are on a roll. We are seven weeks in, and we are seven weeks kicking out content every week for our business owner audience. So head over to iTunes, and if you so desire, we'd love to get your rating and review there. uh, we're, We're slowly climbing the ladder of the ratings And the more that we can get those ratings and reviews, the more that we understand what you're looking for, and also the better that we can attract more and more great guests. If you're not part of our Facebook community, head over to uh, Focus Factory Podcast. And speaking of that word, that's also the name of our website, focusfactorypodcast.com, where you'll get more information. That's also where we put the video of our interviews that we record each and every time so far with this show. All right. I think that's all I've got to say today. It's been a great day, although I didn't get as much done, but I'm going to go home and just be present in my thoughts. And I would invite you to turn off the radio or turn off this, this uh, wherever you're listening to this, maybe. That'd be a great way maybe for you to dial in and Kind of figure out uh, what's going to happen in the next couple of days and how you can be a little bit more well in your space. All right. That's it for now. We will see you next Tuesday. Same time, same station. And as always, get focused. See you later. Bye.